and it's 12.55 in the morning here in Metro Manila, and we are now back for another specially requested episode of Mysterium After Dark. So tonight's episode, we're going to be hitting a topic that people have been asking for me from, and that's the topic of shadow work. Now, wow, where to begin with this? I think this is going to be a two-part episode because, quite frankly, um, some people tend to miss out on the fact about shadow work being about learning to incorporate your shadow into your life. The problem that I see nowadays is a lot of so-called shadow working teachers only teach you to repress your shadow, control it, but that's not giving it a place in your life and that's why most of these shadow working programs, services from people uh, don't work or they are left wanting because remember it's not called shadow work unless you are working with and on your shadow and containing it locking it up uh stiffing it or let's say ignoring it is a disaster recipe for lack of a better word because think of it like a caged animal that you could put it in a cage yeah you could tranquilize it you could sedate it but eventually that thing is going to wake up and eventually those chains aren't gonna hold and then you're left with a bigger problem than what you started from so people ask me so what do i do rob how do i handle this we got to start off with the obvious fact which is you do not contain your shadow you do not repress your shadow you do not ignore your shadow because that is the easiest way that it can get pissed off. And by the way, we're not talking about shadow work from a psychological union perspective. I'm not qualified to talk about that. I'm talking about dealing with the darker side of energies in human existence and learning to use these energies for the betterment of yourself and the betterment of people around you. So going back to what I was saying, you do not lock it up. You do not repress it. But at the same time, you cannot indulge it. So there's a very um, tricky Goldilocks point of view where um, you gotta have you gotta get it right because if you let it loose, then your shadow possesses you, and next thing you know, you're a monster. While if you contain it, then it just builds up, builds up, builds up, and builds up, and next thing you know, it goes kaboom, and now it's controlling your life again. So first and foremost, how do we address the shadow? Number one, you have to accept that it is part of who you are and you need to celebrate it. All right? Again, you need to accept that it is part of who you are and you need to celebrate it, regardless of what your shadow is. Now, in my upcoming book about shadow work, which is probably due to come out in the next year or two, I have classified the shadow into seven different categories, which we're going to talk about in this episode and maybe the next if this episode goes too long. And I'd like to categorize them as the seven deadly sins or the seven demons. And your shadow can take the form of one or the other or a mix, but you will predominantly have one shadow, which is one demon, which is really yours. And this is where most of your shadow darkness negativity is coming from now the question is this why why does it cause negativity because if you don't feed your shadow if you don't tame it if you don't learn to get it 
to play ball with you, then it will continuously manifest in different parts of your life where you don't want it to. And it will, it can and it will, for lack of a better word, cock block you from getting what you want in this world. Like for my own example, um, one, sh- one example I use is this was my own weight loss journey, which I've been dealing with since, God, I was probably 18 years old. I'm 39 now, so do the math. And I realized that in spite of me working out, dieting, exercising, training, I was not losing any weight. And then I put one and two together and I said, wait a minute, if consciously I'm doing everything that I can to lose weight, maybe the reason I'm not losing it is because something unconsciously is blocking it. And in 2019, I had a big revelation that it was my shadow that was blocking me from losing weight and was basically saying, until you give me the representation in your life that I deserve and we come to terms with things, you're never going to lose weight. So my life being pretty much topsy-turvy at that time, I said, okay, you know what, let's do it. And believe it or not, when I started feeding that shadow, the weight started dropping off dramatically. If you don't believe me, visit my fan page, Project Super Soldier, on Facebook, and you can see the progress there. So how do we classify the shadows to understand which one is yours and how to deal with it? Let's go over them one by one, okay? So if we're going to use the seven deadly sins of Christianity as a model... Okay, we can understand that your shadow will take one or more forms, but it will take one predominant form of the seven. So let's start off with my personal favorite, which is envy. So we're going to start off with envy right now. And believe it or not, This is the sign or the sin or the demon that, in effect, is driven by this need, this need to be seen, this need to be validated. Um, If you feel that you're kind of individual who sees other people's success and accomplishments and you kind of say to yourself, why isn't that me? And you feel a certain level of bitterness inside of your resentment or self-anger. And if you find yourself consistently struggling in order to try to just make your mark on this world, even to the point that you're burning yourself out, chances are that you are suffering from an envy demon. Now, the funny thing about the sin of envy is that it is anchored in a deep-seated belief system of unworthiness, okay? In other words... um, A person with envy as their shadow is an individual that, due to some misplaced experience in their life, believes that they don't deserve good things in this world. They don't deserve success. They don't deserve victory. They don't deserve happiness. And they're always going to come up short. They're always going to be a second placer. They're never going to have their moment in the sun. Now, the thing about it with people who suffer from the envy demon, they are incredibly hard workers. They will work themselves to the bone, okay? In fiction, one example that I like to use for envy, believe it or not, is Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, where he was so envious of Goku that he would train himself to near death on regular occasions simply because he felt that Goku was better than him and he wanted to surpass Goku. But the truth about it is 
even if he trained that hard, even if he pushed himself that hard, the fact of the matter was he was never going to be good enough for himself. Okay. And he was suffering from a horrible envy demon. Now, the thing about it is this. Most envy people or the people with envy as a demon, you'll see them caffeinated because they will always go for uppers. They will always go for the extra energy. They will always go for the extra boost, anything that they can get. So the problem here is if you're an envy person, you're susceptible to using external things in order to give you extra energy because you want to work extra hard. Another thing about envy people, they are extremely unlucky. I don't even want to call them unlucky. They don't believe in luck, period. Why? Because in their case, luck, uh uh-uh, ain't going to happen. And they would rather work themselves to near death for the result and earn it than trust the luck. So the thing about envy, though, is you need to answer one fundamental question. And it's not why you feel unworthy. It's... What would it take to convince you that you are? Because people with an envy demon or an envy shadow will tend to really believe that they are not good enough. So the underlying feeling here is that I am not good enough. And it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Their relationships will fail because they will feel it's not good enough. Their endeavors will come up short because they feel that they're not good enough. And the kicker here is to convince you. How will it it be if you are good enough? Okay, What scenario would that be? Now, like I said earlier, envy people are extremely hardworking. So if you have envy as your predominant demon, shadow, whatever you want to call it, you've got to answer some fundamental questions. What do I need to do? What is the path forward and what can I do? Because the worst thing that can happen to it happen to a person with envy is that they go into victim mode where they just feel, you know what? Nothing good is ever going to happen to me. I'm never going to get my break. I'm never going to be able to succeed. And they're just going to go into a black hole. But when they are driven, when they are, you know, how do I say, um, when they have a fire under their ass, for lack of a better word, you cannot stop them. They will continue doing things over and over and over again. And they are extremely competitive. So in other words, if I'm a tarot reader and my and envy is my sin, I'm going to want to be better than everybody else. Not because I want to be better, but because deep down inside, I feel like crap. That I don't think I should be doing this. So it's part and parcel to consider that those with the envy energy as their demon, as their shadow, usually suffer from imposter syndrome, all right? Now, another thing to keep in mind are facts. Cold, hard, undeniable facts. Once a envy person has facts to back up what they're doing, then that problem will never be a scenario again for them to worry about. So, for example, If an envy person feels that they're always going to come up short in their life, they're always going to be number two, then the only way forward would be for them to at least once in their life become number one or a champion in any practice so that they can say, okay, all right, I'm convinced I'm not going to be a loser for the rest of my life because I have this victory under my belt. Now, another thing too about the envy demon is they want to be desired they want to be wanted not needed big difference between the two and putting it all together if an envy a person who suffers from envy is surrounded by people 
who celebrate them, who make them feel like they are um, wanted, accepted, and celebrated. And let's say, hey, we love you the way you are. This is going to help build their self-esteem because the people with envy as their shadow will usually secretly suffer from horrible self-esteem. I mean, like you'll see it when they're drinking or when they're sick. All of this self-loathing will come out because this is part and parcel of what that shadow is about. But in order for you to beat the envy demon, you've not only got to make it feel wanted, but at the same time, you've got to give it results. So... Overall, if you're a person who suffers from envy, what you need to do is work on your results. Okay, so example, if you feel, how come he's getting all the chicks and I'm not, for example, then you need to work on yourself and date people and get people, you know, to appreciate you, to get those kind of results. Because by doing that, you're going to convince yourself that this self-loathing was actually very unconscious it wasn't even called for and once you've convinced yourself that you're good enough then you can start moving forward i do hope you all enjoyed the first of this seven episode series stay tuned for the following sins or shadows that we're going to talk about a bit a bit more and more and if you have questions about this post in the comments more and more importantly inviting you all to like and subscribe on my youtube channel rob rubin readings because i'm going to be putting out some video content to back up this podcast as well Have a good evening, everyone, and good night.